0: From the women's code to the men's and uh, the AFL men's final is uh, finals set to get underway uh, later on this week on Thursday night. Four big games coming your way on SEN through AFL Nation and one of the experts, man of many many talents is uh, Josh Jenkins and he's with us here on SEN this evening to chat about the finals a week out. Evening JJ, how's things?
1: Uh, are going well, thanks, uh, Geordie. Almost said morning, I don't know why. Uh, a little bit uh, <laughs> off for of the fairies at the end of a uh, a long Sunday. But, uh, no, things are going well and uh, a bit of focus on the AFLW. Just watching the Boomers finish off a disappointing World Cup campaign and then we'll get stuck right into the footy finals.
0: Yeah, what have you, made? We're going to chat a bit of basketball later on, but we'll ask you as well because you've got uh, the basketball pedigree. What have you made of the Boomers at the World Cup and uh, particularly the... The, the loss the other night to Slovenia.
1: Well, we've we've we went in, I guess, as a red hot chance of even playing off for the gold medal, and now we're going to finish God knows where. We're 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 way down in the pecking order. It's going to uh, really hurt us in terms of the world rankings. We're ranked third at the moment. Well, we won't be after this. So, yeah, we've been so out of sync. We've got too many guys just not willing to to take um, open shots. So it's been a, it's been bitterly disappointing and. We haven't been able to defend, even even though we're going to up by 20 against Georgia. But we're going to give up about 80, 85 points against Georgia. So another terrible defensive performance. So we need to get our act together for uh, for 12
0: months' time. Let's chat about the footy. Now, earlier in the show, to, to start the program, I, I gave a list of uh, players, one per team, um, to who I think are some of the role players in, in the finals sides who can have... Uh, sort of an understated impact, but are maybe the unsung heroes, the unheralded stars of the of the teams. Uh, now, I'm not going to ask you to go through one for each team, but if there is one, maybe that stands out among the eight clubs in the finals. Who is someone who might not be a an A-grade sort of talent, might not be an All Australian, but is sort of in that second or third bracket of of player uh, among the eight teams in the finals who whose role in the team is is unsung but is so important to how their team functions.
1: Well, he—he—I he, guess his role, the guy I'm thinking of for Collingwood, his role doesn't necessarily go under the radar because he does everything he does is, is sort of quite uh, athletic and it's a bit of a highlight. But I think if Jamie Elliott can kick some goals uh, from from half chances, then Collingwood—you know—much is made of Melbourne's lack of firepower. Well, Collingwood don't really have a, a, a dominant forward line either. They do rely on the speed of the ball from up the ground, they love to run back toward goal. You think of uh, check and, and Bobby Hill and these guys running back towards goal. So I think often Elliot plays as the genuine uh, closest to forward goal for them. So he sort of plays as a as a bit of an undersized, old school full forward at times. He he sets up 80, 90 metres away from the ball. You'll often see him disconnected from the rest of the, the Collingwood uh, seventeen. So if he can... If he can have, you know, low possessions but high impact, and, you know, I'm thinking sort of eight to ten possessions but kick three or four, then that's going to give Collingwood so much uh, extra when it comes to to being able to put a score on the board because we know, generally speaking, in finals, you know, we don't need to score 14, 15 goals to win these games. You only really need to score, you know, 10, 11, 12 goals to get it done. So if Elliott can kick, you know, bob up and kick three in a couple of finals, then that's going to go a long way to Collingwood kicking a big
0: enough score. Do the teams who, who score less, you know, the, the generally lower-scoring teams, Melbourne springs to mind, uh, St Kilda aren't particularly high-scoring, Collingwood you mentioned, are they almost... Not not better suited to play finals, but are they more... Uh, does their game style maybe align a little bit better to, to what we end up seeing in finals matches?
1: I think you, you would probably land uh, there. Well, I think you would probably say that your statement's truest, but you, you, I think also you, you still need guys in low-scoring games to be able to take their chances, and that's why Melbourne's loss of Jake Malksham is is actually really, really critical, because yes, of course, you know, he probably would, would play a, a bit of a defensive forward tight role on Darcy Moore in a first final, and maybe Harris Andrews if they cross paths, or you know, and Aaliyah Aaliyah, so his role's crucial, but what he also does really, really well is is take his chances. He's, I mean, he did have one game where he kicked one goal five or something like that, but that's been an aberration. He's he can he can put the ball through the big sticks on 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 his right foot, on his left foot. He's very good snap on his right and his left, and he, he can kick goals from from high marks, but also from on the ground. So yeah, I know we, we sound like we're talking about you know a multiple Australian, but he has become really important for Melbourne. So his loss is really important because if, if Melbourne and, and St Kilda are going to play these low-scoring uh, DOWA finals, well, when you get your chance, you need someone to, to go back and kick a goal. And if, if St Kilda are going to have a, you know a game where it's 60-50, to 50, well, they need Max King to go back and kick Truly when he gets an opportunity because you might only get two chances for the whole night. Yeah. And that's where you need guys who can go back and kick accurately.
0: Can it also be a risk playing that style? I mean, you know, finals games can be cagey and, and and low scoring because it is a final and everything's a bit more intense. But but if there is a team who you know goes into a game uh, wanting to play a bit more defensive and lower scoring to try and shut the game up, but but it fails on them and then the opposition is able to blow out the scoreboard, and is that is that I mean, that's always the risk you run? But is it how how often is it um, likely to be seen? I guess in, in finals matches.
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone is really going to change who they are. Well, in fact, I'm, I'm sure no one's going to change their identity at this point. No one's going to to really do anything different, certainly from a radical point of view. I think teams are going to be... You know, you, you do have a little bit longer to prepare for your opponent, so you might find some things that you are sort of really keen on, on exploring. But for the most part, I think you're just... You 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 got to lock in on on what you do as a, as a team. You have got to go after, you know exactly what you do as a team. And and what if you're if you're a Melbourne and you're a team who who might not have the most potent forward line, but you've got an unbelievable midfield group and you've got a an unbelievable defensive group. Well, that's what you do. You lean into that. You, you say, well, we're, we're just not going to get scored against. We're not going to leak easy goals, and we're going to give our forwards just endless opportunities to put a score on the board because that's what Melbourne did in their premiership season. Sure, they had Bailey Fritch in good form. Ben Brown kicked a few in the prelim and and the grand final. But if you've got a a forward line that needs great opportunities, well, that's what you need to give them. You need to give them repeat opportunities. You need to lock the ball in your half. And that's what Melbourne does best, probably better than anyone else. And that type of uh, game style has stood up for them in finals before and for
0: a lot of other teams. You're doing uh, Melbourne Collingwood, are you, for AFL Nation?
1: Uh, Yes, I believe so.
0: Excellent. How was? uh, Firstly, actually, the the news that broke about an hour or so ago is that Nick Dacos uh, won't be playing in this finals match. He's out with that knee joint injury. So, um, Jared Wade, the high-performance manager at Collingwood, uh, he was on a video on Collingwood's website earlier this evening saying that Nick Dacos won't make it for that final. Uh, Darcy Moore and, and Nathan Murphy are available, but Dacos is out along with... Um, Ash Johnson, 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 and also Will Kelly. Um, no, Nick Dacos. That's, um, that's a, a massive blow. But they do have Moore and, and Murphy for them, the Pies. But um, I mean, they've they've been without Nick Dacos for a couple of weeks. But now that they are into the finals, you said Melksham's a big loss for for Melbourne. But now Dacos' uh, absence continued absence for Collingwood. Um, how have they managed that loss, and and how will it continue to be managed now in finals?
1: Yeah, I mean, no surprise to me. You only had to start to join the dots, and you know, maybe because I've been inside a, a I guess rehab. I've done complete a rehab. When when you know that he hasn't run up until today or yesterday, I mean, there's no chance on God's green earth he's going to be ready to play a game. Now the question, I guess, was would they risk him and just put him out there and say, well, you know what, we 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 know you're underdone, but we'll play you, but isn't that the point of qualifying in the top two and the top four that to give yourself that, that second chance opportunity to, to, to not have to take unnecessary risk. You know, if it's a, if it's an elimination final, if it's Carlton, you're probably having to take that risk because there's no tomorrow. Whereas, you know, you don't want to lean in and and rely on that, on that rest or that second, second uh, opportunity, but there's no need to, to just completely risk people that, that aren't able to be there because, you know what happens to them as well is, is they don't perform and, and, and often they get subbed out. We saw it in the grand final last year. Sam Reid played when clearly he probably shouldn't have played and he wasn't right to go and he had to be subbed out at halftime. So, you know, I think whenever you, you, you risk players, particularly players that, are, that have got an opportunity to, to have an extra seven or fourteen days because the beauty is for Collingwood if they win, they get an extra fourteen days for Nick Dacos to, to be absolutely prime for a prelim final. And that's 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 what would have ultimately in in my view one made the decision for them. Sure he hasn't done the right amount of work to be able to play, but also if they are able to win uh, then then he gets fourteen days extra to, to look after himself and probably get himself cherry right for a prelim final. <laughs>
0: It's a big night for Carlton on Friday night. They return to the finals for the first time in a decade. They take on Sydney uh, in the elimination final. Um, how would Carlton be... Or how are you assessing the match, actually, for Carlton? So, uh, against last year's runners-up, uh, they come into into this game with one of the best... I mean, they lost in the last round of the season, but before that, the best uh, form line in, in the AFL this season. Um, are there any fears, maybe, over, over Carlton now... Coming back to this stage, do you think they'll be daunted at all? What's your what's your read on on Carlton uh, on, for Friday?
1: Uh, I like the matchup for Carlton. I, I mean Sydney. I mean, if you want to be a pessimist from a Sydney' point of view, like they are very lucky to be in the finals. You know, they're a, they're an interchange infringement, and and they're a you know they're a, a, a terrible decision by a goal umpire and the arc system from from actually being in. So... Mm. You know they're quite lucky to be in. Sure, they've won plenty of games on the way home to to make it. But you can certainly mount the argument they don't deserve to be there. So Carlton come in in as good a form, if not better, form than anyone. So I, I really like this matchup from Carlton's point of view. I, I don't really think that that um, I don't really think there's a great matchup for Charlie Kernow. There's not many teams who have a good matchup for him. Uh, I, I might add. But I, you know, Dane Rampy's probably going to take the job. He, he's he, you know, he's slowed down a little bit, rampy at his absolute best. He probably would be as good a matchup for a, for a Kerno as anyone in the competition. But I reckon he's just lost that half a step. He's had a really disjointed season. Um, so I, I really like the look of this for Carlton. There's going to be that natural uh, anxiety for them and their fans, probably more their fans, more so than their players. But I just can't wait to, to get home and watch that one on TV. It's going to be... know 90 low 90s maybe mid 90 thousands it's going to be largely carlton fans and that'll be it could be the spectacle of the weekend from a from a game style point of view because sydney love that that handball receive that kicking game and carlton play a really attractive brand of footy as well when they uh, get on that loose ball and the contested possession works fantastic with their midfielders so looking forward to that game the most probably
0: how far do you think carlton can go
1: Oh, I, I, I truly think they can they can make a grand final. And once you make a grand final, you know it's it's a fifty fifty ball game. It's a flip of the coin on the day. So oh, I truly believe they can they can they can get there. You know, so that's winning. That's winning. You know, three finals. Whether you can win four, who knows? You know, it's it's, it's grand final day. Anything can happen. But oh, I really think that their best is good enough. But equally, it wouldn't surprise. It wouldn't stun me. If they lost on, on Friday night, it just wouldn't stun me. You know, Sydney have been there, done that, and made a grand final last year. So, you know, in a do-or-do-a game, anything can happen. That's why I think they're probably as equal, equally likely to lose this week as they are to get to a grand final and win a grand final. So I think the sky's the limit for them. But from where they come from, it's fantastic for, for Blues fans to be able to be in this position.
0: St Kilda will be calling the MCG home for the weekend, their Saturday afternoon game uh, against the Giants in the elimination final, they obviously, you know, Marvel Stadium is their home stadium. But um, going to the MCG now, we do expect a pretty big crowd from what we've, uh, what we've seen, what we can sort of gather from the, uh, the crowd uh, numbers and the ticket sales, um, even though they're playing at their sort of non-home venue against a, a team interstate. But um, the Saints, with Ross Lyon at the helm in the finals, how much does their game, cha- game plan have to change going from Marvel to the MCG?
1: Uh, look, really, if you look at their game style, I think playing at the MCG should probably help them because they, you know, we spoke to Callum Callum Wilkie uh, last week on on uh, Drive, and and he mentioned a willingness for, for from from the St Kilda players to be to be more open to handball receive and and speeding the game up when they've got the ball. They they admit that they went away from there. Their, their attacking brand, and they went away from their ball movement, you know, midway through the year, and then they've gone back and lent into that. So at the MCG, you know, I think of the great Hawthorne teams, you know, I think of the teams who who have made the MCG home. That the, their strength is making the ground really, really big and and spacious when they've got the ball, but also being able to close it down and make the ground quite small uh, when the other team has got the ball. So you know, if you if you're at the game on the weekend and and you're sitting up quite high you might be up the top and you think you've got the worst seats in the house well you've actually got a really good view to be able to sit up there and and look at how the game looks so you know if you're supporting st kilda and the game looks really spread out and there's plenty of space when st kilda have got the ball then good things will happen and equally have a look what it looks like when when gws have got the ball if the ground looks nice and compact and the players are close together then I think good things are going to happen for St Kilda. So it's a it's fascinating uh, way to see how they transition to, to the MCG because we say they're a couple of goals better at the MCG, but they've only played, sorry, at Marvel Stadium than they are at the MCG, but they've only played, I think, once or twice at the G this year. So mm. it's a small sample size to make that kind of decision on.
0: And uh, on the Saturday night, Brisbane versus Port Adelaide's, uh, it's probably been... I mean, both teams finished with the same win-loss record. They're both in the top three on the ladder, so um, there's uh, a lot similar about them, but I guess the way that they've ended their season is from the start of the season to the back half of the season. Port Adelaide probably started the year as one of the absolute favourites um, in, in premiership contention and then just faltered a little bit, ever so slightly, not not too drastically at the back end of the season. Brisbane, on the other hand, have, have been in really good form, so uh, we might have flipped our general consensus from Port Adelaide to Brisbane about who's better. The game is in Brisbane. Brisbane finished second. But um, how, does, how do the two teams match up? Because there's some key matchups in, inside 50 in particular and Port Adelaide without a couple of big names up there, which might help Brisbane. But can Port Adelaide travel to Queensland and knock off the Lions?
1: I think they can. I don't think they will. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not in love with Port Adelaide's form line and I don't think their personnel is where it needs to be for a team who wants to make and win a grand final. I just don't see the weapons in their front half. I believe Charlie Dixon's not going to play. Todd Marshall, we've been waiting and waiting, and he's he's made some significant strides, but is he ready to jump up and and take over a qualifying final? I know forwards don't really have amazing records in big finals, but can he jump up and kick a, a bag of four or five? I'm not sure he can, particularly... If he's got a Harris Andrews or or even a Jack Payne for for company, so I don't love what Port Adelaide have have in front of the ball, and, and equally I think they're a little vulnerable as you mentioned behind the footy against Stanaher and Hipwood, and Jack Gunston's found a little bit of uh, form um, if he can get himself right. Otherwise, I think you know McCarthy and Charlie Cameron's the absolute obvious. So. Brisbane's forward line is is really diverse. It's really dynamic. Um, they've got guys who are capable. I think Cam Rayner does a lot more than the stat sheet tells you. He's, he's he's competitive in the air. He's a fierce tackler. You can't tackle him, and and I think he adds a fair bit to that forward line and and that that forward half of the ground the same way that Zach Bailey does. And I think Zach Bailey's a candidate to really tear a tear a finals campaign apart as well. He's got all the tools. He's got. He's, he's got burst, he's, he's great in a, in, a, in a contest and he's a goal kicker. So, you know, if he can be one of those guys that might average 18 to 20 disposals and, and sort of kick, kick 8 to 10 goals across a September campaign, then Brisbane are well on their way. I reckon I'm certainly in the camp of the Lions in that game and, and I reckon they're probably my number one seed.
0: JJ, we won't keep you any longer. You're back on uh, drive again this week.
1: Yes, uh, one more, oh, one and a half more weeks, and then uh, the captain of Australia will be back from uh, the World Cup. So people are missing him. Even uh, Sarah Good was uh, kind enough to uh, be disappointed that when I was in the chair when she came into the studio and it wasn't Gasey. So people aren't hiding their disappointment. But uh, one and a half more weeks, and then the captain will be back.
0: <laughs> All right. Thank you, Josh. We'll hear you throughout the week. See you, mate. Josh Jenkins with us here on SEN on your Sunday night and, uh, yes, on uh, on the run home, but also part of our AFL Nation commentary team as well, and he'll be there for the uh, D's versus Pies clash coming up in a couple of days from now.